You're listening to Film School, broadcasting every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time at KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, and on the web at KUCI.org slash Film School. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. Held annually in Park City, Utah, the Sundance Film Festival is the largest independent cinema festival in the U.S. and the premier showcase for new work from American and international independent filmmakers. With us today is managing editor of Filmmaker Magazine, the magazine of independent film, Jason Garasio, who just got back from Sundance. Jason Garasio, welcome to Film School. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm doing good. We're doing both good. You might ask Mike, though. He doesn't... I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm doing fine. <laughs> thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, thanks for being on. What was your general impression of this year's festival? Well, um, it was interesting because if if you've been reading just variety of late, the general consensus is really that the acquisition is dead and that many of the um, uh, you know miners, distributors, and uh, subsidiaries are are really um, involved with films kind of at the bottom level. And you know, getting involved with producing films more than acquiring films. But I mean, I I can count maybe 14 or 15 films that I got acquired this year at the festival, which which is a huge number. And uh, so it kind of you know reversals the thinking of what most people thought was was going on the last couple of years. So uh, you know, from this festival, the really main thing was that acquisitions are alive and well, and uh, distributors are out there buying films. So so a lot of activity was was. Uh, going on behind the scenes thing. A, a whole lot of activity and, and also another thing was and it was an activity between um, you know groups of distributors uh, you know um, the Weinstein company teamed up with a couple of different other companies uh, Fox Searchlight and Lionsgate to acquire um, some other films so um, yes there was a lot of a wheeling and dealing going on this year. Is, is the reason for the multiple uh, acquisition um, Spreading it across con- uh, the different companies to essentially defer cost is that is that the function of that or is it pretty th- much pretty it, be- that, better that's distribution? Pretty the, the pretty much like the major thing. It's it's been happening now for the last couple of years, and the wine scenes have have um, have been doing it uh, for uh, a couple of films. Uh, the one notable one is Transamerica. They got involved with with IFC. It kind of bridges the costs for the companies that just going in head on by themselves. And but, also, uh, but then w- there are other companies like uh, Paramount Vantage, which uh, grabbed uh, Son of Rambo for around you know seven and a half, eight million dollars, which I think was the largest acquisition there this year. Um, so there are still um, you know other ones out there that you know went it all alone as well. Now, before I ask you about what was the hottest property there, uh, tell us a little bit about Filmmaker Magazine, too. What uh, Give us uh, just kind of the layout of the magazine, what's, sure, what's going sure. on there. This year we're actually celebrating our 15th anniversary. It's basically the... You know, the voice of independent film. It's written by many filmmakers and written by film lovers like myself. It goes out to many of the IFP members, which is a nationwide um, organization, mostly based in New York, but it's also uh, nationwide. What we do is uh, the main format are Q&As with filmmakers and kind of picking their brains on just talking about the craft. And we also do a lot of tech stories, um, most recently in our latest issue. We have a, a big story on, on the film Zodiac, David Fincher's film, and talking about um, the newest camera he shot on, which is the Viper, which is an HD camera, which is um, very high-tech and very um, state-of-the-art. So we kind of try to cover the whole gamut, you know, film festivals, everything. 
And it's online at filmmakermagazine.com. That, that's correct. And we, we post blogs there. We also have a separate Sundance page we did this year. So um, people can go out there and see all the Sundance coverage we did, which uh, you won't get much of in, in the magazine because it is a quarterly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, one of the best sites around for, for covering Sundance, too. It had really a, a, a nice job of... Uh, of looking at the festival. Yeah, th- thank you. Yeah, we we tried our, our hardest to really go out there this year and get as much coverage as we could. Um, you know, blogs especially is uh, you know kind of the major thing with websites right now, just updating daily. Uh, but we got a lot of responses from filmmakers, and um, it, yeah, it was it was a good turnout. So back to uh, what the hottest property was at Sundance. What, what do you think? What were people really gravitating to? Well, um, the hot the hottest property in the standpoint of on the side of distributors, I would say, was um, probably Son of Rambo went the most expensive. Um, Grace is Gone was a film, very small film, um, written by written directed by James Strauss, and it stars John Cusack, and um, that was um, a film that got a lot of buzz throughout the whole festival. It ended up getting getting acquired, I believe, by the uh, Weinstein Company. Yeah, I don't know if they teamed up with somebody on that, but they got that. And um, it stars John Cusack kind of as this grieving father. Um, there's a lot of struggles going on in his life. He was in the military, and because of his eyesight, he had to leave and go back home and uh, kind of play Mr. Mom while his wife is out in the military back in back in Iraq. And she passes away during the war, and he kind of has to come to grips of trying to tell his children what, uh, you know, kind of what happened to their mom, so, you know, kind of goes on this road trip and has to deal with it, so it's it's a very moving film by a uh, young uh, writer-director, and it got a lot of notice there. That was the one that, that people will definitely be talking about for a while, and um, I'm sure, uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein's already talking about getting John Cusack some kind of Oscar notice next next year, so I would say... Take a look for that one later, um, later in this year. Before before we get into other films, is Weinstein Company have they have they been? They're relatively new. They used to be uh, well, Miramax. They, the, the Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, um, you know, uh, yeah. he created Miramax with his brother. Yeah. That kind of uh, you know they yeah. went and got <laughs> bought by Disney and uh, right. that you know kind of all fell you know over and uh, they had to kind of go and create their own company so that's so the Weinstein Company itself has been together for a couple of years yeah, now. But have they always been this active in, at Sundance? It sounds like from so far we've described uh, the films that we've talked about a lot of. Weinstein's been involved yeah, in yeah, yeah, they are kind of the kings of Sundance, you yeah. know, so if they're around, they're definitely doing something. Actually, the last couple of years, they've been, pre- they've been pretty quiet, so this uh-huh. has kind of been their coming out party, and they, um, and uh, like I said, they made deals with a lot of other companies, you know, Fox Searchlight was very active also, yeah. and, you know, it's also interesting because at Sundance every year, you know, it's, it's, the same players are all involved, but it, it all depends on what kind of activity they have. I mean, yeah. um, Fox Searchlight last year, their big acquisition was uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah. That's really pretty much all they did. Um, but previous years, you know, they've they've done Napoleon Dynamite and really have um, put their stamp on the festival. And you know, and this year they they came out hard again. But you know, the uh, there are other companies that um, you know, in some cases, you know, like Focus Films, they they do a lot some years, but then they were they were modestly uh, quiet this year. Um, so uh, you know, it, it's you don't really know from one year to the other. You know, you can't really predict it. It kind of just what happens. I mean, I don't think anybody would have predicted the the size of acquisitions that were bought this year. Yeah. Um, it's kind of just something that just from the first day just kind of just spiraled and uh, went 
really much larger than in previous years. Well, the timing of Sundance is smart in a way. You, it's done in the middle of the award season, mm-hmm. and especially when you see a film as successful and nominated for an Academy Award that Little Miss Sunshine was. Right. So it gives a lot of hope and promise to, to these smaller films, and I'm sure these companies don't want to be left behind. They don't want to miss their Little Miss Sunshine, if you will. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, everybody that goes to Sundance knows that's a place where you can kind of find the diamond in the rough. Not saying that every year there's going to be a Little Miss Sunshine. You know, that that's kind of a, a very rarity. And, and the, the exposure that they've gotten in the post-awards season is, has been amazing. You no, know, everybody goes to Sundance knowing that they can always find something. And, and to talk about the award season, you know, that that's kind of changed in the last couple of years. Yeah. Usually the big Oscar contenders, the screenings um, for those films out theatrically would go even past Christmas because the deadline was usually in the, around the time Sundance started. But um, yeah. you know, in previous years, because of piracy and yeah. TV rights and other things, they've kind of shortened that down to where Christmas is now the deadline. It makes it for an interesting mix of um, yeah. when the festival is around award season time now. Yeah. We're speaking with Jason Garacio, uh, the managing editor of Filmmaker Magazine. Um, of the films that you saw at Sundance, so what was your favorite, if you have one? Oh, I, I had a couple. Um, okay. uh, Tamara Jenkins' film, uh, The Savages, which stars uh, Laura Linney and uh-huh. Philip Seymour Hoffman, was a great film. It got a lot of notice there. Um, it, and uh, Tamara Jenkins, um, some people might remember, um, she did Slums of Beverly Hills uh-huh. uh, a couple of years ago. Nice and she's, movie. Yeah, yeah and she's, she's kind of been quiet for, um, I guess, the last seven or eight years now. She put together this film, and um, it's a very well-done film. Um, uh, Laura Linney and Philip Seymour Hoffman and play uh, two siblings who have to care for their elderly father. And in the same vein, it's, it's also executive, executive produced by um, Alexander Payne and Jim Taylor. So it's kind of in that kind of comedy sense of like a Sideways or about mm-hmm. Schmidt, where um, you know there is some drama involved, but there's also some comedy behind it as well. Mm-hmm. So um, that was very well well received, and I really enjoyed that. On the documentary side, would um, hands down be Mendebellas, um, which in translation is Send a Bullet, uh, wow. which is by a young director named Jason Kahn, who's a kind of a disciple of Errol Morris, and Ooh. he um, he received the um, best the film received the best documentary award there at the festival. It's about the corruption and the kidnappings and the drugs that go on in Brazil. Kind of a documentary form of uh, Children of Men a couple of years ago, which was very documentary in its own sense of just the truthfulness behind it. It's Did, an amazing documentary. I just want to correct you. I think you meant Children of God. Yes, yeah, what I say, children of men. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, I just yeah, want to make sure. People, it's, yeah, that's, children, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. okay. I'm sorry to correct you. Just, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's City of God. It was yeah, City of God. City I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're both yeah. wrong. Well, I was both. <laughs> when you, yes, okay. There we go. Now we got it. Uh, yeah, we got but it. send a bullet. Send a bullet sounds great. Yeah, it does. It well, sounds... What was Chicago 10 like? Did Chicago you... 10, it, you know, it, it got a lot of mixed reviews. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's amazing to watch just with the um, animation involved. And just the story behind it is very similar to, you know, what's going on in the country right now. But, um, you know, some people argue that this was more of a celebration of the people involved with it than kind of a um, storytelling, a kind of chronicle of what was actually going on at that time in the country. But it was it was still very interesting to watch. I think it's going to be kind of hard. I'm sure it will get distribution, but um, it hasn't gotten picked up yet. I think it's going to be um, interesting to see whoever does pick that up, um, how they're going to release that theatrically. Yeah. I have one um, called uh, Strange Culture. Yes, 
Professor strange, strange culture um, is kind of is kind of like Chicago Ten in the sense that it's it's a hybrid of reenactment and documentary, where they use um, actors like Tilda Swinton to tell the um, you know the nonfiction side of the story. Um, it's about a guy who he had um, bacteria or something in his house, and um, uh, which he, which he was testing to, uh, to um, kind of test on uh, on what's what's being uh, you know sprayed on our on our foods. His wife died, and um, when the cops came, they found all this, you know, bacteria stuff and all these laboratory things, and uh, they got very concerned, thinking it was some kind of terrorism or something, which was kind of, you know, when it's explained in the movie, it's just kind of comical how it happens. And they tell it, um, you know, the director tells it through actors and also through the um, man who was arrested. It's a very very interesting film in just the way it's told, and um, just kind of also comical in the way just our government is... uh, you know, kind of you know, put, put this guy through the ringer, yeah. and still is. And still is. He's waiting. still going to court trying to clear his name. So sort so, of this hysteria that that surrounded all of these. Kind yeah. Of the strange culture isn't in the petri dish. Is yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. There's a filmmaker that's always yeah. been on the edges here. Yeah. I know. Uh, Crispin Glover. Yeah. Uh, you saw it's fine. Everything's fine. He's he's always. It seems like he's getting into people who have. Uh, are physically or mentally challenged these days to play roles yeah, in his yeah. films. Yeah, uh, Crispin Glover, if anybody knows his work outside of Marty McFly, knows yeah. that uh, he is a very uh, strange cat, and uh, yeah. he's got some interesting <laughs> things to say. His first film, uh, uh, What Is It?, but also screened at Sundance, he cast everyone with Down syndrome. I didn't see the film, but uh, it, just hearing about it, it was very interesting, and, mm-hmm. and seeing It's Fine, Everything Fine um, just made it even more uh, interesting. He cast a guy who has cerebral palsy, and the man also, um, it, it, it being the lead, he also wrote the film. It's, uh, his uh, love affairs with other women, but um, in the back of his mind, he's very um, torn by um, his appearance, and that leads him to do some dastardly things to these women. Um, it's beautifully shot. The score with it as well is also amazing. Um, it really is an amazing film to watch, but uh, like I said, a uh, very strange yeah. and um, like I said, anybody that knows Crispin Glover, yeah. I would think uh, going in will know what kind of film it'll be like. Well, it's it, got to be uncomfortable and unsettling in a way too. Yeah. Is, is that am I right on that? Is yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, it's you know it's very beautiful to watch as well. You know, I was it was very taken by the film, and um, you know I was in there at a full house of people watching it, and everybody stayed through the film and um, really enjoyed well, it. I don't know how people actually go out and see this movie. I think he kind of um, self distributed the first one, and this isn't a trilogy, so there will be one more. Yeah. If, if you can see it, um, uh, it's interesting to watch definitely. So it didn't get. Picked Picked up. I, I'm no, gathering no, it. I, as far as I know, I don't think so. I, I know. What was the name of the first one? What is it? What What, what is it? What yeah. is it? Was uh, playing up here uh, here in California at the Egyptian as part of oh, their... Oh, is it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. okay. I got a printed flyer. It looked like uh-huh. it was very much a, a, a home... Yeah, kind of grassroots yeah. distribution, yeah. yeah. I'm a Steve Buscemi fan myself, and, yeah. and he's got a uh, one that was a Sundance called Interview. Did right, you enjoy right, that with, one? Right, with Deanna Miller, uh-huh. and um, that was another one of my favorites. It's, I, w- I wouldn't really say remake, but it's kind of taken from um, Theo Van Gogh's film, hmm. um, which was uh, made a couple of years ago, which also is very good. And it's, you know, it really... Uh, 
touches on celebrity and our obsession with celebrity. Um, Steve Buscemi um, directed it, and he also stars as um, this reporter who has to interview Sienna Miller, who basically plays herself. She you know, has a character name, but it's really he shows up and talks to her and really wants to know all the dirt and slime that's going on that he reads about in the tabloids. <laughs> Things, um, you know, turn around that, uh, you know, they have to kind of go past that and talk about other things. Uh, it was, it was, that, that was another one that I really enjoyed. I don't know if that has distribution yet, but, um, you know, with a cast like Steve Buscemi and yeah. Sienna Miller, um, you know, yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's certain that it'll be out there sooner or later. I really enjoyed Tree's Lounge, his, uh, his I yes. believe his first. Right. Yeah, I, Living yeah, in Oblivion. First, yeah. Living in Oblivion, and then uh, and then Trees mm-hmm. Lounge, I think, is where his films so far. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If, if if you guys enjoyed that, this is a little different. Has a, a lot more comedy in it. You know, a little more lighthearted. Though there is some seriousness, but um, I, I tell you, uh, Sienna Miller is also great in it too. So um, it's definitely worth seeing. Did you see her in uh, Factory Girl? I didn't see Factory Girl, no, but I remember her from Alfie mm-hmm. and, um, you know, her, you know, mm-hmm. limited scenes and um, Layer Cake, and mm-hmm. she was very good in Alfie, but um, Factory Girl I haven't seen yet now. Okay. Well, we remind our listeners that we're speaking with Jason Garacio, and he's the managing editor of Filmmaker Magazine. And uh, I was going to ask you about the Molly Shannon film. Oh, yeah. Uh, she's always... <laughs> you're, you're the dog, right, right, right. Well, uh, How did that look? That's some um, directed and written by Mike White, and people know Mike White from, um, he wrote Chuck and Buck. Okay. He also wrote oh, um, School right. of Rock. And which Good Girl. Starred in, and The Good Girl, yeah. correct, yeah. Yeah, so this is his first directing effort, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny in that Mike White fashion. You know, Molly Shannon plays this dog-loving single woman, um, and uh, her dog dies unexpectedly, and she kind of has to go through the morning. It, you know, some wacky things start to happen. She gets all crazy and, um, you know, becomes, she's very, um, you know, she's she's more than a dog lover. She's, like, <laughs> kind of beyond that, you know. You know <laughs> okay. Those crazy cat people, she's, like, the crazy dog lover. <laughs> and it also um, stars uh, John C. Riley and Peter Sarsgaard and some great roles. If people are into that Mike White comedy, um, which I am, um, it de- definitely doesn't disappoint. We're running short on time here. Yeah. I just wanted to, uh, so the... Sundance, uh, as uh, in the words of George Bush, uh, Sundance is strong. It, it, the Republic is doing well. Is yeah. the, the Republic of Sundance doing well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Sundance is this animal that will will never die, will never go away. <laughs> you know, this um, better you know, pe- people in previous years have have always talked about. Um, you know, there are too many high profile films now, whatever. And um, you know, I think this year there was a great mixture of undiscovered films and films that had some major talent involved I, you know, I, was, I really enjoyed the, the whole slate of films that they had there terrific well terrific I, I, just real quick Yes. You, you mentioned Son of Rambo we didn't ask you about that what is that that can't be what I think it is it's, yes it is <laughs> well, well, is it really? It's, it's kind of hard to explain really quickly, but um, th- uh, there is a young boy who gets very interested in in Rambo, the first Rambo. It's set in the eighties, okay. And um, a lot of things go involved with it, um, but it's it's Paramount Vantage is releasing it, so um, okay. people should definitely check that All one right. out. All right, okay. I just had to know because okay. you mentioned it at the top, and I thought, why? Yeah, even though in the title Rambo is spelled differently, I'm okay. sure for um, copyright reasons, right. it, it is Rambo. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much, Jason Gracio and as we said, managing editor of Filmmaker Magazine, filmmakermagazine.com, and find out all you need to know. Thank you for being on Film School. Thanks, guys. To learn more about Film School, 
listen to more interviews, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at KUCI.org slash filmschool.